Hi, I'm Joy Dice, the 2021-2022 President of the Junior League of Atlanta, and I'd like to welcome you to this episode of JLA Inside Out, stories from inside and outside of the Junior League of Atlanta. Hi, I'm Colleen Cody, the Director of Internal Communications this year, and I am joined by some of the lovely ladies on our PAC committee. And for those of you who aren't aware, that is our Public and Political Affairs Committee. Hi, I'm Shelby Purdue, and I am a member of PAC and have been for several years. My name is Amanda Bird, and I am currently the chair-elect for the PAC committee. So next year, as Anne rolls off, um, who we meet in a moment, that is our chair, I will be taking over her duties. And I am Anne Brody. I am chair of PAC this year. Awesome. Well, since it is a special day for the Junior League, it is Capital Day. But what is Capital Day? Glad you asked, Colleen. Capital Day is the Junior League of Atlanta's signature advocacy event. It is an opportunity for members of the league to engage in person with lawmakers and advocate for legislation that they are passionate about and that affect the lives of not just Atlanta, but Georgia's women and children. And uh, it's also a really great opportunity to learn a little bit more about the Georgia legislative process. Well, awesome. Well, as we head into the Georgia legislative session, advocacy is such an integral part of what we do in the league. What are we looking at from a league perspective that's in the Georgia legislature this year? Well, I can kick it off with a Senate bill that has recently seen some exciting action. And it is a bill that we as a league are supporting that Senate Bill 338, which expands Medicaid for low income mothers from six months to 12 months. And it has recently unanimously passed out of the Senate, which is huge. And so it will now be considered in the House of Representatives. And uh, this is a really big step for the state of Georgia. Just two years ago, we expanded Medicaid for postpartum mothers two months to six months. And so now we're doubling that to 12 months. And I feel pretty good about the chances of this bill passing. Governor Kemp has included about uh, $28 million in his proposed budget this year for the expansion of Medicaid. And so I am hopeful that the inclusion of that budget item means uh, that the chances of this bill passing both the Senate and the House of Representatives and being enacted and making a real difference for Georgia mothers, I, I think our chances look good. Another bill that I'm particularly excited about is House Bill 57, which is sponsored by Representative Sandra Scott. Uh, This bill would allow for um, women serving in correctional facilities in the state of Georgia who are postpartum to be able to express breast milk, have that milk safely stored. And it also provides for mothers either having the opportunity to feed their babies or have that breast milk um, in a timely fashion picked up and delivered to the baby so that the babies can benefit from their mother's own milk. It also provides for the postpartum care of mothers in Georgia's correctional institutions. And if if our goal is to keep families intact and keep both mothers and babies healthy, this is really important legislation. Yeah, wow, that's a lot in in the legislature this year. Is there anything that we're fighting against? We generally take a more positive stance on bills in the league. Um, I can imagine times where a unified league voice in opposition to something could be very impactful, but we try to use our voice to advocate 
for things rather than against things. Well, is there anything else that is we think is coming that we want to make sure our league members are aware of? I will say that there is a bill that is currently um, proposed in the House. I think it's bill House Bill 681, um, but it is a bill that's been introduced um, to encourage a financial literacy uh, course requirement for high school, I believe it's sophomores and juniors. Um, but, you know, I definitely think when we when we speak to the league's um, IBCI issue of generational poverty, I definitely think that, you know, when it comes to courses in high school, they're required that encourage financial literacy and talk through, you know, how to invest, how to write a check, what do taxes mean? How do you pay taxes? What, what is the financial impact of all of these things? I definitely think that that is something that is, you know, knowledge is power. And if we equip students moving out of high school into whether it be college or into the workforce, um, if they know what, you know, financial goals they should have to potentially be successful, we, they are better equipped to, to enter society and, and have those tools to know kind of how to be um, successful. So that's kind of exciting as well. For those of you who may not know, IBCI stands for Issue-Based Community Impact. The IBCI model orients strategic tactics of direct service, advocacy, and public education and awareness, strategic grant making, capacity building, training, and coalition building towards achieving specific measurable impact in the community. I would piggyback off of uh, what um, Amanda was saying. One of the things that I've been following and passionate about is um, there's actually two, two versions of it floating around, but uh, Senate, Senate Bill 3, and it's uh, proposing raising the compulsory age of high school from 16 to 17. And that could really increase educational opportunities for um, those high school students. And, and it goes along with our, our generational poverty stance. We really want to encourage students to be in a position to end some of those challenges that they have, and education is really the best way to, to go about doing that. Well, and I will say, uh, I don't want to say a shameless plug, but the two representatives that have introduced the legislation that I spoke to specifically are from um, my home district where I was born and raised, um, and that is in Southwest Georgia, which is a tiny rural, predominantly farming community. And that's one of the things that I do encourage people when looking at legislation and legislators and, and tracking certain bills, you know, knowing that, you know, there are issues throughout the state that not only impact the city of Atlanta, but also some of our rural communities. And a lot of the people that live in Atlanta are transplants, uh, myself included, um, you know, in the home county that I come from ranks pretty low when it comes to education standards in the state and so forth and so on. And so it's just kind of nice to get a little bit of perspective throughout the state of things that, you know, could impact everyone um, across the state. So I would definitely, uh, definitely say that, you know, it's kind of nice seeing something being done um, and proposed out of Southwest Georgia, where it is a rural community um, where resources are not as great as they are here in the city. Amazing. So, well, as someone who's not as familiar with the Georgia legislative session as the PAC committee. How likely is it that some of these bills will actually make it to the floor and pass? And how, how many bills typically pass the Georgia legislature during our session? You know, that can vary drastically from year to year. There is only one bill that the General Assembly is obligated to pass each year, only one, and they can go home if they want to. And that is the state budget. And that usually happens about mid-session. Um, 
And then theoretically, they could go home. I think fortunately for all of us, they don't. They stay and continue to do the good work. Um, one uh, date that I would encourage our members to really keep their eye on is crossover day in the General Assembly. And that is March 15th. So beware the Ides of March, because crossover day is the day by which a bill must be passed out of its chamber of origin. So if it's a Senate bill, it has to be passed by the state Senate in order to stay, quote unquote, alive for the remainder of the legislative session. And so um, bills that pass out of their chamber of origin on or by crossover day um, they, they have a good chance of staying alive and perhaps getting passed. But if a bill does not pass out of their chamber of origin on or before crossover day, that's it. They're dead. They have to wait until next year to see the light of day again. And then they'll need to be reintroduced. So what you're saying is our advocacy happens in a very short time period because crossover day is only one month away. Exactly. And that's why we're here today. Well, are there any other bills that you want to highlight that are in currently being proposed? I'm personally keeping an eye on House Bill 863 that's sponsored by Representative Sandra Scott. And that bill would require the University Systems of Georgia and the Technical Colleges of Georgia to provide um, free of charge menstrual products pretty much anywhere on any campus or any building or facility owned either by the university system or the technical college system. Um, and as a league, we have advocated for menstrual equity for a number of years now and making these products available free of charge to not just college students, but also the adult educators and the adult students who are on campuses and in these buildings. And the faculty and the staff um, would go a long way towards um, bringing parity on this issue. Well, and it's a great opportunity to really talk about equity too, in terms of providing free services for something that really, you know, only really affects women. And yet yes. it is a medical necessity. Yes, it is. As, as probably every woman listening to this podcast can say, it happens every month. Well, is there anything else that you think would be important for our league members to know about this legislative session or kind of how they could be involved? One of the integral parts of beginning the process of, of being involved is find out who represents you. And the easiest way to do that is to, to go to the Secretary of State's webpage and you can type in where you live. If you're registered to vote, you can put your name in there and it can pull up and show you who is who is representing you. And that's I, that's, I think that's the first place you really should should start um, to, to get involved. And I will say also to Shelby's point with the directing people to the Secretary of State's office, it's also very important to um, double check and ensure that your voter registration information is accurate and up to date, um, because obviously, as we've seen in past elections, you know, the last thing you want to do is show up to a precinct, precinct and since redistricting did happen um, at the end of last year, you know, make sure that you're aware of where you're supposed to be voting, because um, the last thing you want is to be issued a provisional ballot to vote. Um, so just, you know, make sure that your information is accurate. And if you do need to update anything with the Secretary of State's office, um, that you have plenty of time to do so before. Uh, voting day. For those of you wondering how on earth you can find this handy dandy website that Shelby and Amanda have referenced, it is so easy that I have committed it to memory. It is mvp.sos.ga.gov. mvp.sos.ga.gov. 
and you're there. It's got all the information you need. Well, and you talked about kind of watching bills. How do you watch bills and know kind of what's coming up in the legislature? Because I'm assuming there's more going on in the Georgia legislature than just the handful of bills that we've talked about today. Absolutely. Um, One of the wonderful things about the league's advocacy is we have a set of public stands that are revised annually and approved by the board of the Junior League of Atlanta. And our public stands give us the framework under which we advocate for legislation throughout the year, not just at the state level, but we also have um, the ability to advocate at the municipal level as well. And our public stands are organized under equity, aid and protection, health, and education. Um, And they give us wonderful guide rails um, within which we're able to advocate. So if somebody was interested in kind of tracking some of the bills that you talked about or seeing what else is in the legislative session, how would they do that? Well, if they are interested in following along with the bills that we are tracking as a league, they can send me an email and I can send them a link to our legislative tracker where they can see in real time the status of the bills that they are monitoring. My email address is Anne, A-N-N-E, the number four, Georgia, G-E-O-R-G-I-A at gmail.com and for Georgia. And uh, I'd be happy to share that link with any members of the league who are interested in following along. How many actual bills are on our legislative tracker? We are keeping it super narrow right now, uh, but we are actively monitoring about 45 pieces of legislation. And that's a narrow focus. (laughs) That's a narrow focus. Wow. Okay. Well, are there any other of these 45 bills? Because I thought we were covering almost everything when we talked about like the dozen we've chatted about. Are there any others from this 45 that you think might be interesting or helpful for our league members to be aware of? I think Ann might want to to mention a little bit about how in legislative session that there are these bills that fall under our stands and are things that we would potentially want to advocate, but they're not things that really have a great chance of of moving forward. You teed it up so well for me, Shelby. Thank you. Um, As I think we all are well uh, well aware, we're in the middle of an election year. Um, Every single state representative, state senator, and every statewide seat from the governor on down is up for election this year. And what that can mean for the General Assembly is what I like to call red meat legislation. That is legislation that it it plays to a a partisan base usually. It is designed to get people riled up on both sides. It usually garners a fair bit of media coverage. But at the end of the day, it's not really going to go anywhere. Um, It it is there to generate buzz, usually for the person who is sponsoring it, um, but, but sometimes there are other intentions behind it as well. Um, so what, one of the pieces of legislation that we're keeping an eye on this year that might fall into that category is Senate Bill 323, which would repeal the state income tax. That is a huge chunk of the state of Georgia's revenue. Without the income tax, we'd be up a creek without a paddle. So odds are that's not actually going to make it onto the floor. It's just kind of something there to get attention. Exactly. And that way folks can point to it and say, I have a track record of pushing for this issue. And if you elect me to this office, I will keep pushing for this issue. Interesting. Well, is there anything 
that you think would be helpful for our league members to kind of be aware of as we head into an election year? When you see that red meat legislation, take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. It's probably not going anywhere. Well, and I, th- I think that's a good point to make is, you know, it's it's sometimes not what they say, it's what they do. And I would, you know, strongly suggest anyone to research voting records of your local representatives, um, you know, kind of see where they stand on issues throughout uh, their their servitude um, to your district um, and kind of, you know, get a well-rounded opinion versus just something they may be saying right here on the home stretch of, of what will become an election year. So knowledge is power. Also engaging with representatives and, and senators across the state is not something that's outside of your grasp, that you can call their offices, you can email them. They may not necessarily respond to you individually, but they are taking um, notice of what type of support is is there or what is their constituents that are, that are against that. So it is a good practice to contact those um, people that are uh, sponsoring bills or if there's something Im- important to you to engage with those individuals. And I think that's an important point to make, Shelby, because you know, as we said, a lot of our membership are transplants. Some of them are from other parts of the state, myself included. And, you know, I think it's important that obviously decisions that are made under the gold dome are voted on by constituents all over the state. And so if you happen to be from another region of the state, feel free to reach out to um, your former legislators, whether they be Senate or House representatives, um, and talk to them about some of the legislation that they also very well could be voting on. And, you know, every vote counts. Therefore, you know, you you can always go this step beyond of whoever your current legislator is. Feel free to reach out to anyone if you know there is a representative out of Savannah or Valdosta or Albany, Columbus, Macon. Um, that are sponsoring bills, feel free to reach out to anyone throughout the state. You know, they're just a, an email or a phone call away, especially in an election year, they like to talk to constituents. So Exactly. So it sounds like if anyone is passionate about, uh, about any of the bills that we talked about today, or really wants to dive into that legislative tracker that Anne is so kindly offering to send out. It's a great idea just to reach out to your representative or any of the representatives and kind of express your opinion. It sounds like from your experience on the Hill, that really does have an impact. It does. And it's important to remember the members of the Georgia General Assembly, they work for us. They work for you and they work for me. We elected them. Our tax dollars pay their salaries. You wouldn't hesitate to reach out to a member of your team at work and say, hey, you were talking about doing this, but I think it's a misstep and here's why. And so reaching out to your state senator or your state representative shouldn't be any different. That's all I can think of for today. Is there anything else you think would be helpful for our league members to to learn about as you head into Capitol Day? I mean, I would just encourage everyone to uh, go to our website. And if you're a member of the Junior League of Atlanta, feel free to sign up for Capitol Day. We would love to have as, as many participants as possible. And we would love to have you um, host you down at the Capitol and show you how to work the ropes and talk to legislators and gain more information and insight on how PAC works. And I would love to have everyone sign up for PAC next year. Um, that would be great. Um, but yeah, no, I just, you know, it's an exciting process and I think it can be a little overwhelming for people, but I think once you actually see kind of how the process unfolds, how PAC works, how the legislation works, it, it becomes one of those things where it's certainly more obtainable as far as like, if you want to do impactful work when it comes to, um, speaking about legislation and speaking to legislators. Well, and Amanda, to build off of that, it sounds like the Capitol Day is open to anybody, not just the PAC committee. That is correct. So anyone who's interested next year, we hope to see you down at at the JLA Capitol Day next year in 2023. 
And before we go, I want to make sure I plug uh, three things that the PAC committee does. The first is our Advocacy in Action newsletter, which is an opt-in newsletter to stay abreast of everything that's happening under the Gold Dome and ways that you can get involved as an advocate. We also will have an event on March 12th at JLA HQ on how to engage with lawmakers. So if this podcast has piqued your interest and you want to know the tips and tricks to engaging with your lawmakers so that you can be a better advocate. Make sure you mark your calendar and you register through Digital Cheetah for our March 12th event. And then finally, coming up in May, we'll have our Women's Legislative Reception um, where we will invite female members of the Georgia General Assembly to mix and mingle with League members and learn more about the issues that matter to us. Well, and one question, where do I sign up for this newsletter? You can sign up for this newsletter by contacting me. Ah, amazing. And what was your email one more time? It is Anne for Georgia at gmail.com. Awesome. Well, you'll be getting an email from me. So hopefully you'll get a few more emails. After everyone kind of gets in tune with what's happening in the Georgia legislature. Well, thank you guys again for joining me and have fun at Capitol Day. Thanks, Colleen. Thank you for listening to this episode of JLA Inside Out. If you have feedback, thoughts, or questions, we would love to hear from you. Please reach out to us at insideout at jlatlanta.org.